everybody. Thanks for listening to One More with Mike. I'm your host, Mike DeFrancisco, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, starring Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, The Simple Life. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to One More with Mike. I'm your host, Mike DeFrancisco, and we are gathered here today to discuss a very important show called The Simple Life from the early 2000s, I'm sure you remember, starring Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. It's one of my favorite shows. I've been rewatching it, and I've been episode by episode breaking down what they were wearing, what they were doing, the trouble that they were getting into overall, and kind of looking at it through the lens of 2020, a 2020 lens, if you will, uh, back towards 2003, 2004, when this all took place. I'm having a good time. I hope you're having a good time. Today we are here to discuss one the the penultimate episode as it were of the first season it's only the sixth episode but it was this was a seven episode series it would appear uh and this one's called boy crazy and you'll find out why in just a second let's get started <laughs> Okay, it's the beginning of the episode. We start right away. We're at Corny's downtown beauty shop. That's Corny, not like a husk of corn. Uh, well, sort of. So it's spelled C-O-R-N-E-E. Corny's downtown beauty shop in Altus, Arkansas. And the sign's a little bit faded. I'm nervous before we go in because I'm unsure of what it's going to look like when we get inside. But I have to say, it's a nice looking place. Lots of like natural wood maybe wood paneling, wood fixtures and things like that. It felt very homey, but not too like um, unclean. It felt it felt clean. It felt nice. And they've got a nice breakfast breakfast spread. Um, so we've got the girls, just Paris and Nicole, and also the mom, Janet, and the grandma, Curly. That's the family that they're staying with. Janet and Janet's the mom and Curly is someone's mother grandmother um and so they're having like it seems a nice little girls day and they're talking about what else do you talk about girls besides boys duh i'm kind of kidding but that is what they're talking about um so they are like nicole's getting her nails done over at the station paris is maybe getting a foot massage and or a pedicure it seems it's unclear she just looks like she's laying on her side i'm not I, i'm not gonna ask questions about but paris can do what she wants that's fine that's fine by me um and so the mom janet who has been a little hot and cold with them and she's been a little sometimes she seems like their friends sometimes she seems like she's their enemy but in, in this moment she seems like she's their friend and she's we, we we enter right away with janet asking paris the question about what her ideal man would be like who do you want to marry? What would he be like? And Paris answers, and I think this is a very nice answer. She says, well, I want him to be nice and sweet and smart and good looking and fun and honest as kind of an afterthought, but she adds that in. And then Janet wants to clarify and she wants to be like, wait a minute, like what if he were all those other things, nice and sweet and smart and fun and honest, but he wasn't good looking? Does he have to be good looking? Is that one of the requirements? Um, unashamedly Paris is like yes he does yes that's that's on the list and and I, I you know and she doesn't need to settle and and I guess good for her she doesn't need to settle and so she's she's not taking good looking off the list of requirements for what her man her future husband will need to be 
and Janet is now an investigative reporter and she wants to turn the camera over to Nicole and she's like Nicole do you agree is that how is that would you have the same parameters for your future husband and this all seems a little bit like a setup because Janet is not that talkative to begin with but you know it doesn't matter I'm I'm, I'm rolling with it and I'm enjoying it and I want to know what they have to say and so Nicole says um, I don't like good looking guys I like them to be skinny and pale and look like they're dying which you know I think is interesting and it's definitely very early 2000s with like we were we were into like our Avril Lavigne's and our and our um good Charlotte moment and that does come up in a second and so let me let me just finish what which what they were saying so so Janet asks oh you like those guys that look like they have no blood in them which is weird that's just called a vampire but um (laughs) I don't know why she just said I don't know what you like vampires um and Nicole says yeah Um, and (laughs) it's interesting because she does then end up being with, she marries in a couple years. She well, no, in a couple years, she starts dating Joel Madden of Good Charlotte. And I guess you could say it is, I don't think he looks like a vampire. I think he looks more like well-fed than a vampire, but like, he's a little on the paler side and, and, you know, so, but they start dating shortly thereafter this thing so that seems like it was her type and i i think that that was funny but also true so anyway uh, nicole has been talking about how she likes these guys that look like they've got no blood in them like maybe they're a vampire and uh, <laughs> and then and then janet says oh nicole which i just i love and i could play that that could be a that could be a nice text alert or ringtone just janet going Oh, Nicole, just the disappointment in her voice and the like, we've got to figure you out. Oh, Nicole, but we never do figure her out and that's fine. Um, <laughs> Nicole wants Curly, who's there also, um, and she's looking, I didn't recognize her because her hair was wet and she just didn't look quite like herself. Uh, and she says, Curly, I think that you should um, mix it up and get like a nice big afro uh, and get like spikes of color and stripes and all that craziness. And Curly says, what would my husband think? What would he say if I, if I came home looking like that? And Nicole, without missing a beat, she says, he wouldn't say anything. He'd just drag you into the bedroom and they all have a good laugh. And I love it. I, I love when, I love when they're fun and funny and having, having a good authentic girl time, um, (laughs) just chatting and, and talking about, you know, seniors having sex um and so that's the first part of this and it's a good setup to what's about to come because the majority of this episode it's not about them uh working on the farm it's really about them trying to seduce like some 17 slash 18 year old boys which they do successfully i don't like good looking guys i like them to be really skinny and pale and look like they're dying do you really And away we go. Our first stop after, you know, a nice time at the spa over there at, you know, Corny's is at Buffalo's Gas Station, which is actually called Lakeside Food Mart. And if you're wondering, I did check. They did not really have any Yelp reviews or Google reviews or anything of mention that I could really provide for you. Um, but I will tell you that it just looks like a pretty straightforward gas station with a convenience store attached. 
And that's where they're working today. Um, and we, we're jumping right there. And the narrator says that they were excited to, um, to work there. And he says they probably thought they'd meet cute guys there or something kind of dick, um, which is maybe he's connecting the, the boy chat that they just had at the spa to like, now we're jumping over to the job scene. But, um, as if Paris and Nicole only have one thing on their mind, that's boys. Oh, wait, that's all they actually do kind of have on their minds, as it seems, because the only job that they do do while they are at this gas station is um, flirt with guys. And get this, it turns out to be their most successful job that they hold, I think, the entire season. They found they found the secret connection or this like they, they, they solved the riddle of how do you put how do you put Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie in a small town and make them work a normal a normal person job and and be successful and this is how they want to be around boys the boys kind of come to gas stations because they have to like you know put gas in their cars also they heard that Paris and Nicole were there and the gas station owner doesn't actually need them to work like they're worth the six to eight dollars an hour that they're being paid just based on the business that they're bringing in. So basically, they're like, it's the equivalent of, you know, like, if you had, like a, like a popular DJ playing at your club, or if you had a famous drag queen um, making an appearance at your gay bar, it is worth their appearance fee, or in this case, their minimum hour wage, to have them there for you as a business owner because they're bringing in enough business to pay for it and then give you still a profit. That's what worked out today at Buffalo's gas station slash lakeside food mart, which I, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's tough that it took this long for them to figure it out. Um, and so you might be wondering, why is it called Buffalo's gas station? And it's not. It's, it's called Lakeside Food Mart, as I said. Um, but the narrator refers to it as Buffalo's gas station, and I was interested. Um, and then I found out that Buffalo is actually the name of the owner. And it's not his last name. It's his first name. His name is Buffalo. Um, and his full name, as the pop-up, like, Chiron says, his name is Buffalo Letting. And if you'll remember, the Letting family is the family that they are staying with. So some way or another, this man is related to um, to Albert or Janet. Well, it must be to Albert, because I guess Letting is Albert's last name. Because we're very, you know, I'm, that's, 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 we know that. Um, so... So, so Buffalo maybe is an in-law uh, or something. Well, he couldn't be an in-law. So Buffalo would have to be directly blood-related to Albert. Um, so it's interesting. We're thinking about that aspect of it. They don't talk about it at all as like, oh, that's Uncle Buffalo. They just call him, they call him Buffy, uh, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, and I thought that was maybe something that Nicole came up with because she was like, oh, Buffy. Um, and that she would, she would take a, a giant grown man who was named Buffalo and then call him Buffy. Um, but it, then later we hear Janet refer to him also as Buff. So he seems to be like, that's his running nickname, which is cute as well. And actually it kind of made me think maybe that's not such a bad name. You know, why was Buffy okay, but Buffalo not? And also to tangent for Buffy, the vampire slayer or any woman or person named Buffy, 
how does Buffy become a name? How did they come up with Buffy as a name? And why were we like, that? how did that, how did that not, like, how were we not confused or perplexed by that? Like, the fact that her name is Buffy and she's the vampire slayer and the fact that they would be like, hey, Buffy, that didn't even ring as weird, but I don't know any actual person named Buffy. That still hasn't caught on, you know? Like, Gwyneth Paltrow named her kid Apple, and, and some people then did name people Apple. But when Joss Whedon named her Buffy, nobody then said, I'm gonna take that one. Uh, which is interesting to me, because I think that Buffy's a great character that people would want to name their kids. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know kids these days. Maybe there are children right now that are named Buffy, and if there are, I can't wait to meet them. You know, they'll, I'm sure, be my nurse when I'm, you know, in hospice care. But that, then I'll get to tell them all about this moment, and then I can direct them to, to, to Apple Podcasts, which I'm sure will outlive us all, and, and they can listen and, and be charmed and, and then go about their day. But in any case, back to this. Buffalo is the owner's first name, um, and that's, that's the fact. And I was like, how can I describe him to you guys? And I thought he was going to be a more important player in this story, but he's not. He's barely in it. But in any case, you should know. I would cast him, I would cast like Chris Farley, RIP, to play him or something like that. Um, you know, he just had that kind of a vibe. And I think that enough said. He had a, a like a, like a camouflage button down short sleeve shirt and a camouflage hat. And they were two different camouflage prints. It wasn't a matching camouflage set, which is important, I think, to, to note when you're envisioning him. Um, but in any case, so they show up, Paris and Nicole, at the gas station where they are to work. And they're two hours late. We know that right out the gate because there's Chris Farley shouting, you guys are two hours late. What happened? And I, I thought that Paris says, oh, we had to stop to get these costumes. And he's like, what? You had to stop to get the costume? Um, but then it turns out that maybe she said, or she repeats herself and says, yeah, we had to make these outfits. And that's a fair reason, I guess, to be late for work is you have to make your own uniform. Um, but Paris is wearing... Uh, it's like a spaghetti strap dress, the classic. I mean, like when I say what Par I say Paris is wearing and the next words are always a spaghetti strap dress. So I really don't need to specify that anymore. So Paris is wearing a Paris dress um, and it has like, but it has like a long, a long fringe um, at the bottom. So, well, so from like the high thigh, so just right from below vagina to down to like the knee, just imagine a fringe, like a nice flowy fringe. It is pretty cute. And I would say it's like an ombre blue color. Like it, it fades from darker blue to lighter blue, if not to white. Um, and so it seems like maybe she had like a long t-shirt or had like something and she like cut up the fringe like that way. Um, and then Nicole, we don't really see her dress, but she is wearing like, um, a longer white jacket that has fur cuffs and a fur collar, um, which is uh, maybe more out of place for a gas station. So like Paris's, um, you know, fringe dress fits in a little bit more than Nicole's, you know, like 
maybe 50s Hollywood jacket. But in any case, they're both there to work at the gas station and pump some gas. Um, And they're diving right in. He doesn't care to like say hello. He's not doing HR paperwork. We don't have to run through any of those old tropes from earlier episodes. It's just like they get out of their blue, you know, Ford pickup and they're like working right away immediately. And they are... um, they have to pump some gas and like wipe, do the wipe the windshield and they're fighting over who's going to do which job because they argue that neither of them really knows how to pump gas. And Paris says that Nicole's never been to a gas station in her life. And Nicole says, fuck off. Yeah, I have. Um, and they have like a little bit going back and forth about that. And Nicole admits like, okay, I've been to a gas station, but I don't like going. And same. I agree. I don't like going to gas stations. I don't like, I don't like um, the act of, 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 of pumping gas or having to, cause you know, like you never know, have you pulled up to the right, um, the right distance from the pump? Like, it's always hard to judge where is your, um, like gasket that you're like the pump goes into, um, unless you're super accustomed to the car that you're driving, you also might not know how to open the, the flap. Um, some cars have a button, some cars, you just open it manually. Um, so that can be a little bit problematic for you when you're, when you're going. Um, and also if you're just going as a passenger, it's boring. You're just sitting there and then the other person gets out of the car and they have to like pump the gas. Um, it's just, it's a time suck. It's not a fun activity to do, um, as someone who no longer, you know, uh, lives in a place where you have cars, uh, or has to drive. I'm, it's something I definitely don't miss as being part of my, existence. So that's great. And I agree. And, and once again, just if you're keeping track, that's like the 17th time I've identified with Nicole, but no one's keeping track besides me anyway. So they don't end up ultimately actually pumping gas anyway, because everybody who drives through, they kind of have to like sort of teach them anyway. So instead of being full serve, it really just does become a self-serve, but Paris and Nicole are just sort of standing there while you self-serve and they're getting paid to talk to you while you do that, which is fun. And it seems like it's like a, like a local car wash kind of vibe. It's just like all the boys from the high school and everybody knew, oh, today's the day Paris and Nicole are at the gas station and everybody's driving through because they get to, you know, meet them. Maybe they get to be on TV if they're lucky. Um, and, and, and so that's kind of fun and that's fun for them as well because they say, um, Nicole says, you know, after feeling up cow waters and walking around in their shit, let us have something. Let us look at some, you know, cute guys, um, which is, True. I think fair. I think that especially Nicole, after putting her arm all the way inside of a cow to check if it was pregnant, I think she does deserve to flirt with some guys, even if it is this 86 year old man. Um, So there's this guy and they're flirting with him and he like is charmed and he thinks that he's like Hugh Hefner. And he says, I think I'll be 86 my next birthday. And he's got his arms around both of them standing in between of them in between them and he's got his baseball cap and his glasses on and he does not have his his teeth in at all and and he's just smiling grinning to the heavens he sort of looks like do you remember that guy the chess player who was in the short film before i think it was bug's life maybe or toy story from that that pixar chess short um where he's that guy and he plays himself in chess in the park he kind of looked like that guy. I don't know. That's a specific reference, but I think if you get it, you get it. Um, and he just has his arms around both of them. He thinks he's Hugh Hefner and he's like, I love you girls. And, and true to form without, without missing a moment to 
sell the brand, Paris says, that you're hot. I think you're hot. Um, cut to 2020, Paris Hilton is selling face masks that say that's hot on them right now. So she has been selling that's hot since, since the early 2000s, 20 years. She's been, like, that will be, I think, on her tombstone. It will just be like she was hot. That's hot. I don't know. Um, but I think she really put that one on the map. And so I have to, you have to give credit where it's due. When people coin a phrase that becomes part of the lexicon of, of pop culture or just general conversation. I mean, people say that now, like people say that's hot instead of where they would have previous, previously said that something was cool, you know? Um, and, uh, I, that's interesting to me. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but in any case, uh, they meet some other some other gentleman callers. Um, there's this guy who's wearing a, a blue tie-dye shirt. His name is Anthony. He's Buffalo's nephew. Um, he doesn't have a girlfriend, and I believe he's of legal age. And so Nicole is on him. Uh, but, but the question about him being Buffalo's nephew is interesting as well. I'm going to have to assume that the family tree is spread out far enough because, you know, not that they're related to anybody. It doesn't matter. Like, they could be dating, you know, the son that they're living with but they've got we've got albert and janet that's the parents that they're staying with and sort of pretending that they're their like foster daughters now we know that they're working here for buffalo who is also a letting um so they must be related in some way and then buffalo's nephew um so we've we've moved far enough out that i think that it's safe to say that it's okay that nicole is maybe crushing on this this guy his name is anthony um and so they um they're hanging out in the market which is you know the indoor part of the um of the gas station right that's where you've got your concessions that's where you've got your snacks and your sodas and beers and cigarettes and all of that um and so there's a group of these young guys and and paris asks what do you guys do for fun besides bowling and movies, which I think is important clarification because I, it seems like that's always the answer that they get, bowling and movies. And it seems like that's her only question. Um, so she wanted a new answer. And they said, well, we go fishing. And you've got Nicole over to the side saying, she's kind of giving these great asides. And they say, we go fishing. And she, Nicole says, I love fishing, which I don't, I don't think is true. Um, I think she just, you know, wants to be included. Um, and then they say, we just, you know, we went out fooling around, um, instead of fishing, uh, we killed some snakes. And Nicole says under her breath to Paris, I want to kill a snake. Uh, which I just, I thought was charming. I don't think that it's charming to kill snakes, but I also don't like snakes. So, you know, all things considered, I, I don't want to know about it, but I wouldn't mind if it, anyway. Um, so, this guy that they meet, and he's the real, the true star of the show, we we call him Chops, apparently, um, which every time they kept calling him Chops, I kept thinking that he had, like, like Chops, uh, like, like, sideburns, like, that's what I would think of for Chops, but they actually mean because he is, like, a giant smile, um, and the, Nicole does an impression of him later where she, like, holds her, pulls all her lips back, like, when you're at, like, the dentist and they've got, like, this, the separators in your cheeks to, like, to f reveal all your teeth, like, she says, like, that's his smile, and she's not that wrong, and they're also very white teeth, and so they call him, they nickname him Chops, um, and he's gonna be Paris's boyfriend in Alpes, Arkansas, um, and he does have very white teeth, he's kind of cute, he says he's 18, um, I'm interested in his hair situation, because he's got, like, this, like, pulled forward, brushed all the way forward onto his forehead, medium brown 
hair, but it seems like there's like some subtle blonde highlights working in there. It seems like that's not entirely natural. Maybe he did some sun in, maybe he did some lemon juice and laid out for a while, but there just seems to be something like it didn't grow that way. Um, and so they get, they get Chops's number and they get Anthony's number and they say that they're going to call him. And, um, and it's already the end of the work day. We barely, they, they didn't mess up anything for there to even be content for them to show on the show. Um, and Buffy pays them in cash. So maybe that's why they didn't have to fill out paperwork. And he says, you can come back to work anytime you want to, because clearly he did great business that day. Cause it was just nonstop, you know, boys and trucks and cars and gas going through the day. And you know, boys and trucks and cars and gas is, you know, pretty much my Amazon shopping list. But in any case, um, back at home, they are talking about chops with Janet, the mom over a nice bowl of chili that she made. And she's able to identify him because they didn't really know his name. They're like, it's Trey something. And she's like, Oh, it's Trey Lindley of the Lindley family. Right. And, um, so now they've got his full name and so do we, and so do I, and I stalked him on Facebook just now. And I'll tell you about him in a second. Um, so, uh, in, in a confession, Janet is worried about Paris and Nicole hanging out with the local boys. And I think the unspoken thing is part of this is not so much about Trey Lindley, but it's more about Anthony because he's related to the family. And so that's where they're getting all of this concern. Like, we don't want you bringing in Anthony, you know, like, obviously we're, we're comfortable that you're not like doing too much embarrassing things with our sons. Cause at least it's like in our house under our, roof and we were kind of keeping an eye on what's going on but they don't know what they're doing when they're off filming with Anthony and the boys when they go out you know to the gas station to hang out and I think she's getting concerned about like uh oh now we're like crossing a new line and we're worried about it and she's right to be so we get um a, a little bit of them hanging out um some clips of of these like double dates and group teen dates that they're all going on and they're hanging out. They're taking pictures on their disposable cameras. Um, they're at the mall, they're playing basketball. And every time they, they do a, a shot of that, the producers also cut back to shots of the family cleaning around the house, doing chores. Um, and we're really trying to lean into the fact that Paris and Nicole are just living the glamorous, fun dating life while the rest of the family is, you know, doing all this work. And it doesn't sell as much as I think that they wanted it to, because to be honest, they would be doing this work anyway. Paris and Nicole didn't live there before and they won't live there after. So the fact that you think that you're more put upon because they are there, like, don't show me that. Show me them creating more work for you, which I don't think that they were. I think that they cleaned up after themselves. All that you lost was a mudroom with a well on the floor for a month. You know, like, I don't think they created more work for them. I think that they just, if anything, weren't helpful. Are you surprised that they weren't helpful? You shouldn't be. That's silly. Um, so at this point, we establish that Paris is dating Chops and she wants to move him to LA to be a model. Um, oh, and did I say uh, Chops? If you want to like place him in your mind of what you think he might look, what I think he might look like, if you know Southern Charm, the, the Bravo show, I would say that he's like a younger, um, sort of like goofier looking version of Shep. Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised to find when I did my Facebook stalking that he didn't grow up to actually be Shep. Because for a second I thought, maybe that is Shep. I don't know. But it's not. Um, but he looks like they could be, they might be related. I'm, I don't know. Um, but they've got that same sort of like goofy 
face and smile that is attractive, but it's not like intimidatingly attractive. It's right there at that line. I don't think he looks like a model. And also neither does Janet, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, and then Nicole is dating Anthony, who's part of the family, apparently. Um, and, and, you know, we're getting these like nice little shots of them going on dates, falling in love. And then we get this moonlight night the, the giant moon and Paris and, and chops in the moonlight. And they're just making out like full tongue action, slurping sounds. It's intense and it's apparently very romantic for everybody. Um, and that's just, that's just something that happened there. I don't know Okay. So Janet doesn't want Paris and Nicole to be dating. Who's I'm going to guess her nephew, Anthony, and this other kid from town, Trey, aka Chops. Um, uh, she's worried because she said, I'm worried. I'm hearing that the boys are breaking up with their girlfriends. Paris laughs about that, which I would too, to be quite honest. Um, and um, she's heard that from the moms around town that it seems like every boy that Paris and Nicole have met have all said to their mothers that they're being taken to LA, that Paris and Nicole are going to start them on their modeling career, getting them jobs. And it seems she's just worried that they're all going to be very disappointed. And the bottom line is she doesn't think that Chops is going to be a model. <laughs> um, and they're like, who, who's saying this? And it comes down to the fact that it's Chops, AKA Trey, AKA Paris's temporary boyfriend is telling everyone and his mother that he is about to start his modeling career in LA with his new girlfriend, Paris Hilton. Um, and she's just worried about them and I would be too. Um, this is where we're starting to, you know, it's one thing to, to spill some milk at the dairy factory, but it's another thing to start like actually affecting people's lives and, and plans for their future. And I mean, like this is someone who is, uh, a senior in high school and maybe making some important decisions about his life. And I could see Janet, you know, realistically getting a little bit concerned that these boys are getting swept away and Paris and Nicole, they have a different worldview and they think of this as something fun and silly that they're doing for a moment but these boys this is something that is maybe the most important thing that has happened in their lives or the most memorable thing right and um so she asked them to to just stay away from the boys for a little bit and they don't exactly agree but they don't exactly disagree and they certainly don't stay away from the boys as the narrator says one of these girls ever done what they have been told and that's my so far probably that's my best impression of the narrator i don't like to like go so deep into the accent work but he's it's very serious like deep south accent that he's that the narrator does um and, and that's what he sounded like a little bit so when have they done what they've been told? Never. And so we cut immediately from Janet saying, please don't do it anymore to them on a double date at night. Um, Paris is in this lovely pink bandeau top that uh, has like a, uh, like a pink wrap skirt. It's sort of like one of those skirts that you would just like wear over a bikini bottom to the beach. In my opinion, like that's sort of what it looked like. It was that much of a sheer, nothing, tiny, wrap around it was a wrap i guess um and chops the future um cover of every magazine in the world he's wearing a blue and red horizontal striped sweater so i just wanted to paint that picture for you um and a, and a giant smile ear to ear uh very white but giant um <laughs> and uh it's cute it, this is a weirdly but very heavily produced scene 
um, where they're like, we want to see you guys falling in love and we want to see you guys talking about your how you feel about each other. And Paris asks, what did you do today? And he says, oh, I went to the dentist and I went shopping. Uh, and then, you know, that's that conversation. Uh, Paris says, I'm sorry that Nicole calls you chops. And he says, it's okay. Um, and Paris says I to the camera, I just know I like him and I think he's a special person which is sweet. And I'm going to, if I'm going to judge the authenticity of, of what's going on here and who am I to judge? I wasn't there, but I am an avid reality show watcher and I am now learning these people. I'm going to say that I think that Paris is in the moment, actually 50 to 75% authentic in the way that she feels about him. I actually just think that she's in that classic problematic zone of, lack of other options, you know, um, where she's just believing, she's living in a world where she has a, a limited scope of people to, to pluck from. And she's found her best option in this, you know, small pond as it were. And because she doesn't, she can't get out of the pond right now, she's in love with this fish in this pond. But the second that this is over and she goes back to her normal life, it doesn't, I, I, it will, we will see if, if the love bears that kind of a test. To me, I already know it's not going to, even without doing the research that I did that I'll tell you about in a second. Um, Paris says to him, Paris, 22 years old, this kid, 18 years old. Now, admittedly, four years is not a big difference, but there is never a bigger age gap than between someone who is say 18 and 22 or like you know 17 and 20 right there those those years between being a 15 year old and being say 25 that decade those years are all huge years right so like while there's not maybe a huge difference between someone who's 34 and 38 there's a huge huge difference between someone who's 19 and someone who's 23 there's a lot of learning in life that happens in those years and then add on top of those years the fact that one of them comes from this small town of 800 people and one of them is Paris Hilton, right? So they've got worlds between them. And this could be the most beautiful and epic love story. This could be the Romeo and Juliet of our time, right? It does not turn out to be, but they're not, not for lack of trying. And here's what Paris says. Paris says, when I came here, wait, uh, sorry, let me put on my Paris voice a little bit. I have to just not be so excited. Sorry. Okay. Paris says, when I came here, I didn't know I was going to meet someone. I just thought I was going to prove myself to everyone that I can make it on a farm away from everything. And I have, I have like, I have, but like, if I didn't meet you, I'd be going insane. Like, I'm so happy I met you. Now, I'm not sure if I put too much emphasis on that at the last episode. I think I like emphasized it too much, but that was the text and that was my interpretation of the text. So you kind of get the idea. And so that's what she says to her, to, to him, to Chops, to Trey. Um, that's their love story. And then we cut over to Anthony and Nicole and they're sitting on a picnic bench, actually on a picnic table. Um, and Anthony says to Nicole, there's not many girls out here that I know of um, at all that are as crazy and outspoken as you. And Nicole says, 
you know, violins are playing, the doves are flying. Nicole says in response, you're a hot bitch. And she pulls him in to make out. And I love that for Nicole. I think that that's a very Nicole thing to do. And uh, I wish I was that, that brass and, and ballsy, but you know, in, in any case, um, now I need to tell you about the research that I did really quick. Um, so I did some research on Trey Lindley and his relationship with Paris, which was not apparently just for cameras. According to the New York Post in 2003, I found some old articles. I went digging into the archives, right? Okay, so what I have discovered that I want to share, and this is not, you know, hidden facts. You could also Google this yourself, but what's the fun in that when I can just tell you that Trey Lindley broke up with his high school sweetheart girlfriend to be with Paris Hilton while she was in Altus filming The Simple Life. And it went on a lot longer than what we saw in the episode. They made it look like one episode, like it happened in the course of a few days, but apparently it was for the majority of the time of filming that they had met and been like talking on the phone and, and, and kissing, I guess we'll say, and who knows what else. Um, but Trey and his high school sweetheart girlfriend, he was still like finishing high school at this time, they had been homecoming king and queen. Paris Hilton broke up. The, he, she was a homewrecker for homecoming king and queen. He admits to the New York Post that he had cheated on this girlfriend of his with Paris, right? And it seems that it continued so much so that, Hilt, that Paris Hilton even showed up at his graduation. And when she showed up at the graduation, she got into a fight with the ex-girlfriend, and, and I'm, I'm looking at, it's, I'm not sure exactly of the dates. I'm not sure if they were still there at the time of the graduation, but I don't think that they were. I think they were filming more in May and usually a high school graduation is going to be in June. So I kind of think that she came back for his graduation maybe. And if that's true, that like where the, the, the Simple Life producers missed the entire show. If this is what was going on somewhat behind the scenes, they missed the entire reality show that they should have been filming, which was, it should have been a show within a show. It should have been them there filming The Simple Life, but then there should have also been another reality show filming Paris Hilton seducing and breaking up a high school relationship of homecoming king and queen. And then she goes to their graduation and she gets in a fight with the ex-girlfriend. Call it home wrecker, call it life wrecker. I don't know what you call it, but I think that that's the actual show, and we don't even find out about it. And I'm a little bit disappointed, but I do enjoy going to the New York Post and reading these old articles from the early 2000s about it. And I also found out that um, that although there was like the idea was floated that he would move with Paris to LA to pursue a modeling career. He did not. He um, instead kept uh, his plan to go to the University of Arkansas where he had a full scholarship, which thank God he did. I mean, sure, there's like the 5% chance that if he had gone off with her, he might have become, you know, a quick, a quick, you know, 15 minute celebrity, potentially. He might have been able to parlay his reality show fame into something, but he seemed more like a normal person than that. And I, I, I don't know. So in any case, and he turned out to be, um, but 
so I found him on Facebook, right? Which was not hard. He's using his normal, his actual name. Um, and I didn't friend him or anything like crazy. So I didn't go too deep into his Facebook, but I can tell you that he still looks pretty much the same. He's a little, you know, older cause that was about 20 years ago. Um, but he looks like he got recently married. He has, you know, a lovely wife. Um, looks like they had a beautiful kind of Ozarks wedding and he's still cute. Um, he's still got that big smile Um, and so I'm kind of happy for him that it looks like maybe in in the end he was able to recover from what I'm sure was a very crazy, uh, like public relations time after all of this was happening. Like they're writing articles about him in the New York post. Um, and so we find out also that he had kept in touch with Paris, but after the show had, um, finished filming, the revelation about Paris Hilton's sex tape with her other former boyfriend came out into the public world, and that made it harder for the two of them to communicate, um, is something that he mentioned to his interview at the New York Post or whatever. Um, and I just thought that that was very, 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 very interesting to put into our timeline of consciousness that they're filming this series, uh, The Simple Life. And they wrap filming. And in the time that they have wrapped filming, the sex tape comes out, is leaked. I'm not sure. I, I honestly didn't put too much research into the sex tape because I don't need to see it. And uh, I don't want to know too much about it. But then after the sex tape airs, then the Simple Life season one airs. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you might think that that's really convenient timing for a sex tape to be made public uh, right before your reality show is about to come out. I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I don't know the full story. It might already be common knowledge that the ex-boyfriend leaked it or that someone else leaked it or whoever, however it got out. I'm not sure. But it just seems to me that if I were trying to plot a conspiracy theory about this it wouldn't be too far-fetched to say that that was some really great marketing for for this show just saying just saying just saying um so albert and janet are trying to play the role of the parents they're trying to figure out what to do about these crazy girls and the fact that they're now messing up the lives of the high school boys in the town that they live in including maybe someone who's in their family Um, And so he Albert tries to make them a deal that, okay, you can go out tonight, but then you have to stay in the rest of the weekend. And they're starting to feel trapped. They're on day like 21 or something of this entire month that they're doing. So they're toward the tail end and they're about ready to like lose their minds with boredom. Um, Paris says, we are 21 and 22. You can't keep us locked up here. And it's like, it's like Rapunzel or something, you know, I'm waiting for Curly to come in and start singing mother knows best or whatever. But, um, you can tell that you can tell on Paris's face that she's authentically annoyed with the whole situation. Like she's over it. And like, they're starting to catch some real, real reactions. And Paris is a little bit getting, she's getting to the end of her rope. She's about, she's about to lose her shit. And she's just like, Oh, and then you've got Nicole and laying in bed and she's like, just say, okay, like just agree to it. Cause that's Nicole's, like Paris's way of, of dealing with it is trying to like be straightforward with it. Nicole's way is like just agree to whatever you need to agree to to get what you want and then like 
back talk, talk it back later so she's like sure say okay to the plan that we go out tonight and not the rest of the week and then tomorrow we'll figure out the rest of the week like she's all there's she's always going to find a loophole out of whatever uh thing that she's you know tied down to and that is why i love nicole um so <laughs> uh so then they go to um the gas station to like hang out with the boys as they do um and they um so they end up hanging out with with the boys that night um and janet calls in to try to get them to come home and paris is like okay we'll be right back but then they are still over an hour and a half late to get back home none of this is surprising i guess but it is uh interesting to see them living something closer to the normal lives that i guess they would lead even though they wouldn't normally be hanging out in a gas station per se they're they're getting they're trying to acclimate themselves back to the life where they might be flirting with some living adult males when i came here i didn't know i was going to meet someone i just thought i was going to come here and prove to everyone that i can make it on a farm away from everything i have and i have and like if i didn't meet you i'd be going insane and so the next day they are trying to go to the mall like a teenage girl, right? But just trying to go, like me, <laughs> like like me today, like me at any point in time, just trying to go to the mall. I love a good mall more than anything, really, honestly. I love the dignity of just like an indoor shopping experience where you can go through and you can have a nice Starbucks, you can have a nice soft pretzel, you can walk through, you're inside, you're comfortable, you're climate controlled, and you can go to all of the stores that you want to. And I, I just enjoy a mall. But in any case, um, so they're just trying to go to the mall. And the dad says they can't because they made a deal yesterday that they would only go out yesterday and, and stay home the whole weekend. And, and Paris starts to throw a tantrum. Like, I'm 22 years old and I can't go to the mall. Um, and so this is the payoff that they've been trying to sell us all season, that Albert is the, the head of the household and he's going to lay down the law and he's going to put the rules in place and they're going to have to follow the rules of the house while you're under my roof and da-da-da. And he's like, this is what I would do for my sons. You know, everything has to be cleared through us and da-da-da. And the thing about it that doesn't work and the reason it doesn't work is they're not minors. She's, she's not wrong to say that I'm 22 years old. And first of all, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it, which is true. She's a, a free adult, a free adult woman who can do what she needs and wants to do. Right. And no one can tell her not to not break in any laws. She just wants to go to the mall. And also like, although we agreed that we're living here at your house, and we're going to be respectful, there's nothing disrespectful necessarily about going to the mall or, like, going out in general. And so, like, he's just kind of trying to make the point, and it doesn't really work. Um, and and he's... They're just, like, kind of moping now because they feel like they're stuck. And he says, well, you know, you guys have mastered sitting around, but there's plenty to do around the house. So you could help Janet clean the house. It would be better than just sitting around. And it's like, go fuck yourself, Albert. I'm not going to clean the house to keep busy. I'm not going to clean your house to keep busy instead of going to the mall when I want to do or doing anything that I want to do because you said so, because you said I can't leave like you're my jailkeeper and I have to stay here and I'm going to I'm going to help clean up your fucking house because it's better than not doing anything. That's where you're wrong. It's not better than not doing anything. I'd rather sit around and complain about it for another week and then go back home to my glamorous life like Albert started to piss me off in this and I don't know that he was actually 
I don't know that it was him wanting to do it or if the producers were trying to instigate something or whatever, uh, but it was just weird overall. And it also overall didn't matter. They still went out. A para says, we're going out so I could care less. And they take the truck and they do. And they go out. Um, and I thought this was interesting as well. Um, I feel like there was a whole story behind the story, right? So they go out and they go to this club and we'll get into it in a second. But the cameras go with them. So that means that this was this was shot. Like, this means that the cameramen went with them. This means that their security went with them. And I read that they had their own security with them wherever they were going, whenever they were filming or whatever they were doing. And the New York Post reports that on nights that they wanted to go out, even though they weren't supposed to, they bribed their security guards to let them out with money that they got from their boyfriends, Anthony and Chops. Um, and, and they were saying that it, it, that was reported in like a, in a ooh, nefarious way. Like, oh, they, they tricked their boyfriends into giving them cash. And with that cash, they bribed their security guards to let them sneak out at night. But that can't apply to a night like this night because the film crew freaking went with them. So, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know that this night in particular was one of the nights that they quote unquote snuck out. But of all the nights that, that they're in Altus, we don't see you know, we're about to wrap up this entire series in seven episodes. And so that's seven half hours. So at best, if we even saw seven nights, which we didn't, you know, that's not a ton of nights that we saw. So there must have been a lot of other nights that I guess they did sneak out. And I want to see what they did on those nights. That's what we that's what we're here for. Like, take away the production level of it. And let's have a real reality show where we just see what they're doing unscripted, unplanned, not trying to create this kind of posed content of milking cows and stuff. Let's just unleash them fully and see what the fuck happens. And I'm sure that that story is 10 times more interesting than what we did end up getting on this show. Not to talk shit on this show. I do enjoy this show a lot and I think that it's great. But if we had it to go back and do again, not that they ha I guess it's a different world now where we have great camera quality on our phones and stuff, but I want to say, like, just someone go with them and film it all on your phone or something. Like, give us that that really, like, grainy footage of, of them doing the stuff that, like, nobody was supposed to see. But in any case, so, I'm sorry. So, they do allegedly sneak out, um, and we see something interesting before they go into this club, which is Alligator Rays. Um, which I also looked up and that also didn't really have any Yelp reviews that I could read to you. So I, I, I'm sorry, I, I tried to do some research, but it seems like a lot of these places maybe either don't exist or just exist off the grid. Um, but so Nicole's talking outside to this guy and for some reason she says that she'll do anything to, she'll even buy him a pizza if he just does this one thing for her. If she will, if he will do this sing-song Thing that she wants him to do and dance and go salsa 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 and I always thought because um, they do this a lot they sing this salsa salsa like on a bus later in other seasons and I always for some reason thought that what they were saying was son of Sam son of Sam which is dark um, that's a murderer but I don't know that's how it sounded like what they were saying um, but apparently it's salsa salsa is in the dance um, and so they want this guy to, um, say and sing and dance salsa, salsa. And then he does. Um, and 
so I just thought that that was interesting. That's where that came from. And I never noticed that or knew that before. And that will come up in later seasons where they just, for no reason, are just singing. So, 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 so. And it's just kind of like this annoying thing that they do to drive people crazy around them. Uh, I think we should bring it back. I think I should start using that to drive people crazy. So, 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 so. <laughs> that an ow, na cow. When I'm disappointed with someone, I think I just say ow, na cow. Um, but in any case, they go into alligator rays. Um, Paris is wearing a classic Paris, Paris dress um, in pink. Um, and it's got a nice cherry print on it. And, you know, enough said. Um, and Nicole is wearing this very interesting uh, asymmetrical uh, top that is a red and white stripe. It kind of looks, I, I'm going to just say it sort of looks like a pirate print top kind of situation and some jeans and what I can only describe as a Pokemon hat. You know how that character Ash in Pokemon, he's got the red hat with the white in the front and then a black like logo right on there. It's not that specific logo, but that's sort of what it looks like. Um, and so she's just wearing that and they're in, it seems like kind of a fun place. It seems more well lit and a little bit more fun than the, the previous bar that we saw them go to. Um, Paradise, Tropical, Bar Grill, Dance Club, Sports Bar. Oh, Hog's Call is what it was called back then. But in any case, so they're like signing some autographs. They're drinking. And then we find out that Nicole has lost her purse and she's asking around people. She's like, have you seen my purse? Have you seen my purse? Have you seen my purse? And she thinks that someone stole it. And you have to imagine that they must be on the defense when they're out in these kind of crowds because maybe the guys are like into it, but probably most of the women are like, who are these whores? Um, these famous women sluts from, you know, from Hollywood that have come to like steal and fuck all of our boyfriends, which like, as if, as if your boyfriend is lucky, as if you're lucky enough to be with a guy who's hot enough that Paris Hilton is going to try to like steal away from you. Except for that one high school girl, nobody in all of Altus, Arkansas was hot enough (laughs) for Paris to try to, you know, home wreck. So like odds are they're not going to try to home wreck you. So like calm the fuck down. Um, (laughs) but so there's like this back area of the club where there's like a fridge, it's behind the pool table area and Paris and Nicole go to look for the, um, purse there. It's not there, but what is there is a bottle of bleach. And we don't know that it's a bottle of bleach. It's just like this unmarked gallon of, of whatever. And, and, and Nicole picks it up and she yells, my purse isn't here. And she throws it. And it seems to like maybe it lands on the pool table. And I'm thinking, because I know what this is leading to, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe she didn't mean to, because this is leading to the moment where she has spilled bleach on the pool table and gets in big trouble. It's one of the bigger trouble that they get into in their entire time here. Um, And um, I'm thinking, oh, maybe she didn't know it was bleach, and maybe the whole thing was actually an accident. And I'm starting to, like, in my head, give her... Uh, give her more credit maybe than she's due or like give her a give her a fair chance and I'm thinking oh well that bottle didn't say bleach on it and maybe she threw it not realizing it was going to land on the table and break open it was not an accident so the next moment after I have that that lovely thought um that very optimistic thought uh, she picks it back up and she, you know, pours it out a nice splash on the table as she says, I'm going to spray bleach all over it. And so it was intentional for sure. It was definitely a first degree bleaching of the pool table. Um, and Paris is running behind her. She's laughing and she's saying, no, Nicole, no, Nicole, they're going to kick you out. And 
Janet's not there, but she should be saying, oh, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> but she's not. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, oh, Nicole, because I'm a little disappointed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I'm disappointed in Nicole at this moment. This was not her most shining moment. Normally, normally she, she, she cuts herself off right before she's gone completely too far. But at this point, she doesn't. Um, and she pours bleach out on a, on a pool table. And those things are expensive. Like, let's, I mean, even in Altus, Arkansas, to, to recover a pool table, that's not like a hundred dollars. That's going to be expensive to fix. And they're going to probably be in trouble for that and have to pay for it. Um, and we get uh, a to be continued and it's next on the season finale of the simple life. So that's how I know this is the second to last episode. The next one is going to be the finale. And all they give us in the teaser is them getting thrown out of the bar. And then Janet saying to Braxton, Nicole and them's going to have to leave today. Um, so, so that's what we've got coming up. Nicole and them's going to have to leave today and they get thrown out of the bar. Um, so there's a lot more drama to come in the last episode. I don't even know if they have a, like an actual job in the next episode. I think that the next and last episode might be all about them kind of making amends for, you know, messing up that pool table and, and, you know, breaking up high school relationships and they've done some damage and maybe they've got to make some amends before they go. I'm not sure, but, um, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to report back on it. I'll let you know in the next episode, what happens in the final episode of season one of the simple life. I've had a great time, uh, rewatching this. Um, if you guys want to rewatch it, I highly recommend it. It's, perhaps more relevant now than ever. And, um, you can find it, you know, streaming, you can find it for free on certain apps and stuff. I'm going to put that information in the show notes for this. Um, and maybe I'll even put the link to this article that I read this New York post article. It's pretty juicy. It's pretty fun. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, thank God that that child kept his full scholarship and went to college like a good boy and, and didn't abandon it all to follow Paris Hilton back to LA because I think he, this is not necessarily a joke or an exaggeration. I think he would either be dead or homeless by now. Um, just based on, I, I feel like Paris has left a, a, like a trail of wreckage of, of broken hearts and, and whatnot in her past. But I guess the difference is usually those guys are LA trash as Nicole will call them. This was going to be a very innocent and, uh, un untrained uh child that she was about to ruin his life so thank god that his mom said absolutely not you are not going to la to be a model you're going to take advantage of your full scholarship and you're going to go to college and if after four years your relationship with paris hilton is still going and you want to go be a model you can do that after you got your degree in whatever he went to school for which you know that didn't happen but here we are um, so thank you for listening. Uh, I've been having fun. I hope you've been having fun. Um, if you have any recommendations for other shows or movies from the early 2000s that you think that I should, uh, recap or dive in and, and pick apart, let me know. I'd love to do it. I'm planning on bringing some guests in soon. So you might have some other voices to listen to besides my annoying voice. Um, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things. Um, the early 2000s is just a great place for me, like nostalgically to go back and, and think about and talk about and, and revisit. Um, cause that just seems like when, when things were great, I mean, for my generation, at least, you know, that was when we were still kind of in the bubble of, of comfort, 
in a way. So I think that's why I like it so much. And uh, maybe that's why you like it. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you've never heard of or seen these before. And this is like a historical uh, dive for you to find out what it was like back before you were born in the early 2000s. I don't know. And if so, fuck you, because you're very young and I'm jealous. And also, what is TikTok? Can you explain it to me? Can someone please message me? What's the, how do I, how do I tick? How do I talk? Do I really want to? I think I'm too old to, so I don't think I'm going to, but all right. Enough about that. Enough about TikTok and me and Paris and Nicole for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on One More With Mike. I'll buy you a pizza. Here you go.